You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. You know, today I wanted to talk about something really important. I want to talk about the first 30 days of sobriety. And for many of you that are listening to the podcast, you might already have 30 days. You've, you know, you you have 90 days. You got years, right? But I want to go back and I want to go over some key things to look out for and to do the first 30 days of sobriety. Because if you're listening to this and you're having a hard time getting 30 days or you're really early on in sobriety or you're thinking about getting sober, the first 30 days are very critical. And why are they very critical? I'm going to go down some key points here. But overall, why they're really critical is because this is the foundation to how you're going to be able to live the rest of your life sober. And if you want long-term sobriety, setting it up right is important. It is really critical. Now, I want to go up front and say, no one does this perfectly. I certainly did not do early sobriety perfectly. I made a lot of mistakes, and that's why I actually could do this episode. Because after working with a lot of people that have gotten sober, being sober long-term myself, I know the things not to do. I've seen people make these mistakes, get sucked up in bad decisions, and then end up going out. I've seen what doesn't work. I've seen what decisions don't work. So the reason I'm putting this, this episode together is primarily just to discuss what I've seen work. Now, everybody has their own path. And look, I'm not going to argue that. But when you see things over and over and over again that lead to relapse or lead to people not being able to get long-term or consistent sobriety, I think it's important to put all of those facts together and to really be able to deploy them in strategies that are going to help you stay sober. So if you hear anything here and you're in early sobriety and you're like, oh, I'm not doing that, am I at risk? Well, maybe you are, but I, I want everybody to know that everybody has their own path and today you can make new changes, right? So if you've never really been able to get 30 days and you've tried and tried and tried, maybe these four things that I'm going to discuss are going to help you get there. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. Now, look, early sobriety is chaotic. You've make it, You've made this huge life shift. You've you've realize that maybe alcohol and drugs, they just don't work for you, right? And no matter where you are are in that realization, whether you say, hey, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict, or you know what? I just want to try this thing out. I don't really know what I am. These four things that I'm going to discuss are really going to help you. It's going to help you get to a point where you can actually put together some time that is going to work. Now, let's dive into the first one. And I think this is actually one of the most important things in the first day, 30 days of sobriety. And I'm going to call the first one reset every day. Every 24 hours and maybe even throughout the day, you have to do a hard reset on your recovery. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by reset every day? Well, Every day you've you've heard this and 12-step groups say it and and you know rehab say it and you know uh, people that have been sober say it that it's a one day at a time thing. I do believe that, 
but I also believe that it's also a one minute at a time thing sometimes. And every day you have to reset and recommit to being sober. Now, this is something that I've done with almost three decades of continuous recovery. Every day, I do the best I can to keep it forefront to reset in the morning. No, I've had times where I haven't done that throughout the day I reset, or I've had days, especially in early recovery, where I've maybe forgotten. But for the most part, I've always done it, right? I'll catch myself maybe at 10 a.m. Oh my God, I haven't done the reset. What do I say about the reset? Now, the reset, the premise behind the reset is, I believe the biggest risk for alcoholics and drug addicts are forgetting their alcoholics and drug addicts. That That's right. Now, if anybody has been trapped in addiction, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Alcoholics and drug addicts, people that suffer from addiction, have an uncanny skill to forget that they are alcoholics and addicted. They just... We just forget, guys. We just, it literally can go out of our mind. Now, I know that seems absolutely crazy to somebody who's listening that's not, maybe doesn't have addiction problems, right? They're like, well, how can you forget? Look at the wreckage. Look at everything that happened. Look how long it took you to make the decision to get sober. Look how much time and effort you've put into it. It doesn't matter. Sometimes we can forget. I call it almost an alcoholic amnesia. We can literally forget why we were in that position, that alcohol and drugs got us there, and that this is something we can't do. We literally can forget it. So I think one of the biggest things that I do in resetting every day, for me, you know, I, you know, spirituality and God is a big part of me being sober. So every day I do a big reset in the morning. And that, for me, that is... You know, for me, I thank God for yesterday clean and sober. I ask for today clean and sober. That's a big thing I do. Now, even at 29, 30 years, right, I still do this every day. This does a couple of things for me in the reset. One, it checks me in that, hey, guess what? I'm an alcoholic. And two, it says, hey, I was sober yesterday all day. And three, it sets my path that my intent is to stay sober today. Now, listen, there's a lot of people out there that might be atheists. They might not believe in God. They might have a problem with that, especially in early sobriety. A lot of people have a problem with God in early sobriety. Or they're just not into the higher power thing, and this just isn't their thing. I got you. But you could do the exact same thing. You can check in every day with the reality that you are an alcoholic. And that you were sober yesterday. And that your intent is to be sober today. I think that this is a huge thing that you have to do every day. I practice this every day, guys. And I know people, other people practice this every day. It's part of my morning routine. Sometimes it's right as I wake. You know, right before I get out of the bed, I take a moment. I do that. Sometimes it's after I have coffee. And I'm sitting there for a little bit before I start my day. I hit that reset button. So, so important. Now, I've heard people say, and I've, I've seen comments on YouTube and on the podcast, 
saying that you're an alcoholic, that's just negative. No, I think that that's a reality. If I can't acknowledge the reality of the past, I cannot set a new future. I can't be in denial of what I am. For me, being an alcoholic isn't a negative thing. Me being an alcoholic, would I choose not to be an alcoholic? Probably. But also, alcoholism gave me a lot of things. It put me on a path of sobriety that I've been able to create amazing things, have awarenesses and experiences that I never would have had if I was not an alcoholic. I don't view me saying that I'm an alcoholic as a negative thing anymore. So I think that big reset in the morning is super important. Now, I'm also going to talk about the reset throughout the day. And I call this the sober Wi-Fi, connecting to the sober Wi-Fi. What do I mean by that? Sometimes I will feel that I am disconnected, right? I'm just going through the pace. I stop and I do the exact same thing again. Now, I'm going to tell you guys in early recovery, first year especially, I reset every hour or so. Hey, I did, for me, I did the serenity prayer. That works for me. I know other people who have made their own little mantra or prayer that they have where they just, you know, take a pause. They tap back into that consciousness, what I call the sober Wi-Fi. And wherever I'm at, I want to make sure that I have that Wi-Fi connection because I believe that that is the first position for me. That's the first thing that is the barrier between that first drink that we have such a hard problem with. That barrier is that hard reset and being able to say, hey, you know what? I'm an alcoholic. I need another day of being clean and sober. And I'm thanking God for that last day clean and sober, that hard reset. And again, I told you strategies that if the God thing is not for you, that's fine. You can make something else up that works for you but it's that acknowledgement and that check-in early. So I'm not going through the day and then all of a sudden get myself in a position that I can't get myself out of. And the thing about the reset is that I love is that I could choose to reset that every day. And I look at it as Wi-Fi. Sometimes I look, wow, my connection is not great right now with the Wi-Fi. I need to be in the Wi-Fi. I need to be connected. So the first big tentpole, first big thing I'm going to say is that reset. Now, the second thing that I'm going to that I think is super important in the first 30 days of of sobriety is connections. Connections are important. I almost look at alcoholism and addiction right now um after having some time being sober as the blockage from being able to connect, right? When we're out there doing our thing, it's very, very difficult to connect on a deep level with people. And one of the things that I always see that if I'm, if I'm in a position where I'm not my best or I'm at risk, I can always see the warning signs when I have an unwillingness to connect with people. I have an unwillingness to, to, uh, to talk with people, to make a connection, to answer the phone, to make that call. So connection is number two. Now, how do we get connection in early recovery? Many people that listen to this are in a 12-step group. And I think 12-step groups are amazing. That is what I have done. I love them. Other people have sober coaches, right? They have uh, therapists. They have support groups. I know a lot of people who got sober through church groups, right? 
and had did that, or they just have other people around them who are sober and understand what's going on. You need a solid connection, somebody that you can call if you are feeling that you are in trouble or you're feeling uneasy. One of the things about recovery that's very, very tough, especially in the first 30 days, is the feelings. We have a lot of feelings. In early sobriety, it's heightened and it can be overwhelming. I feel a lot of things all at one time. They're not necessarily true. That's the thing. So having connections with other people is super important. And I would say pick somebody that you can stick with for 30 days. So many people torture themselves over picking a coach or picking a sponsor. And I have I have coached people and also sponsored people in 12-step programs um, that I haven't worked with forever, but I was with them for the first 30, 60, 90 days. And I think that's important. I think getting a coach, uh, if, if you need that, that's going to be your advocate and support you in the first 30, 60, 90 days is super crucial. Having to be able to connect, having that person that you can connect with and you can tell what you're feeling and you can reach out and do a text, do a call. It is important. Without that, you're on this on your own and being on your own, lack of connection, warning sign. It's a relapse warning sign. It's a getting back to what used to work for you, uh, drinking and using drugs that no longer works. It's slipping back into that lifestyle. One of the big warning signs is that lack of connection. The other thing that I always heard in 12-step groups that I think just really works super well is know when your next meeting is going to be. If you're a 12-stepper, if you've got uh, support groups, I mean, Clubhouse has support groups, whatever that is, that group meeting, that connection, know when it is. When you leave the last one, commit to that next one, okay? I would indebt myself with connections. I would tell somebody, yes, you're going to see me. I will see you there at, you know, next Saturday at 10 a.m. or whatever. I would make that, I would obligate myself. Why? Because in the back of my mind, I knew that exact next time that I was going to be there. Look, like it or not, having a group of people, alcoholics and people that suffer from addiction, I'm going to tell you right now, the last thing we want is a group a lot of the times. But the group is what we need. Connection with that group, connection with other people, you have to have it. And it could just be as simple as saying, hey, I need help over the next 30 days. Can you stick with me for the next 30 days? Somebody that is sober, somebody who's been through this, it's not a hard thing to get. And if you do feel it's hard, there's plenty of coaches. We've got coaches on Recover Life. We've got coaches, there's coaches everywhere that will work with you, that will stick with you for 30 days and make and give you some sort of connection accountability. So the second thing that I'm going to recommend is have that connection. Now, let's move on to the third thing. And I, I was hesitant to put this in there because I think that a lot of people will maybe misinterpret what I said. So I'm going to explain this right, the third thing, which is stop overthinking. Alcoholics, people in recovery, man, we are a group of people who can overthink everything. And one of the things that I have seen take a lot of people out 
a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people out is overthinking, especially the first 30 days. If you've said that, hey, you know what, alcohol, drugs, codependency, whatever your addiction is, has gotten so bad that I need to get a program and I'm going to do this for 30, 60, 90 days. I'm going to do this a day at a time. If it's gotten so bad, you don't need to ruminate and think about that decision that you made. Give it the time that you've committed, giving it 30 days. One of the things with big, with big which we're going to talk about is big decisions later in, in this episode, is but one of the things that people really go wrong is they'll overthink it. They'll ruminate on it. They'll overthink it. Well, maybe I didn't drink that much. Maybe, you know, maybe this was too premature because you start feeling better five to seven days in. Even if you have major health problems because of drinking and doing drugs, you're still going to feel a little bit better because you've stopped it for a while. Maybe emotionally you don't feel better, but physically you start to feel better and you'll have areas of time. You'll have little glimpses of time where you feel better and you go, well, see, this wasn't a big deal anyway. That's why it's so important to do that first thing, which we're talking about is resetting. So the overthinking can kill you. Overthinking has killed me in recovery. I know what the right thing to do is. I know what to do most of the time. I'll overthink it and talk myself out of things that I already know I should do. And this is the thing that people do in early recovery. And God forbid you talk yourself right out of being an alcoholic. Your life's a wreck total powerlessness and unmanageability. You get in, you sober up seven days, 15 days, 20 days, and then you have this bright idea. Hey, you know what? Let me think this through. Maybe it wasn't that bad. And you never even really gave it time to work things out. Overthinking is bad. Now, I made a rule, and I have a rule now. When I find myself in this overthinking, and anyone that I coach and anyone that I work with in the first 30, 60, 90 days, I say, listen, we can do thinking sessions. You want to go outside. You want to think. You want to take a time out. You want to sit and think. We're going to schedule 15 minutes to think. And then at the end of the 15 minutes, you're going to drop it. You're going to write down everything that you thought about. And then we're going to talk about it. Okay? We're going to talk about it after. But after 15 minutes, no more thinking. And no actions on your thinking until you talk to somebody else, because our thinking is the problem. And this is what you're going to find out. What you're going to find out if you're in early sobriety is, yes, we have an alcohol and drug problem. We cannot take alcohol and drugs safely. Yes, the first drink kills us. Yes, all of those things that we hear kill us. But you know what the big problem is? Our big problem is there's something not right about our thinking, especially when it comes to drugs and alcohol. We don't think clearly. Now, I'm one of these things, and this might be a little controversial. I don't believe in the 29 years of plus sobriety that I've had. I don't believe that my relationship with alcohol has changed. I still have the same relationship I had uh, 30 years ago when I came in. I still look at alcohol the same way. 30 years ago. I don't often, if I'm going to be honest with myself, if I think about drinking, I don't think about having a glass of Chardonnay and looking at the sunset. I think about how do I get a case of Jim Bean and lock myself up into a hotel room and drink myself to death. I, I want to abuse alcohol. Like my thinking does not change. I hear this all the time about 
your relationship with alcohol will change. No, my thinking about me being an alcoholic has changed. I didn't think when I was out there that I was an alcoholic. My relationship with alcohol, because I'm an alcoholic, is not going to change. My thinking about it has changed. And this is crucial. And this is why I put third, and you don't hear this a lot, but this takes a lot of people out. When you start to, when you start to really boil down, and I've, and I've worked with a lot of people, guys, who are, you know, they've come up like, I don't know what happened. I had 25 days. Things were fine. Bam. All of a sudden, I was drinking. I don't know what happened. It always, somewhere in there, was a, typically a huge majority of, of times, there was a thinking session. There was an overthinking session where it says, let me think this through, right? And there was not rational, it was not rational thinking. So until you really are in a place where you can really think critically and your relationship, your thinking relationship has changed about viewing yourself with your, your physical relationship with drugs and alcohol, it is a very unsafe thing to do to have power overthinking questions, overthinking sessions. It is just not a good thing to do because you will sit and you will talk yourself out of. I have seen people who've been homeless for years that have finally gotten sober, that have had a year that decided to have a weekend power thinking thing and try to solve major things in their life and have gone out when it's the best that they have ever been in their life, they have gone out, right? This chronic overthinking, it's got to stop, especially the first 30 days. Your thinking has to be so. When you make these big, rash decisions, I always say you got to run it by. And that's why having number two, that connection, and then number one, resetting every day is so important. So stop overthinking. You've committed to doing this for 30, 60, 90 days. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Do the work. Do it. And then there'll be a time where you can sit down and think about it. And even when you do that, don't, don't do these huge power sessions. Unless you're doing work with somebody. Unless you're working on your recovery. You know the kind of overthinking I'm talking about. The ruminating. I should have done this. I could have done that. If I was still drinking, this person wouldn't have left me. Uh, maybe I didn't drink so much. That total rumination constantly. I'm not as bad as this person. I'm not right. This is all insanity. This is all insanity. And this is what gets us in trouble as in, in, in recovery is this chronic overthinking. So that's number three, the stop the overthinking. Now moving into the fourth thing. And, uh, one of the most important things, and I see this take a lot of people out and I'm just going to I'm going to put this in the uh the header of no major changes in early sobriety. Now, we're talking about the first 30 days and these are when the bright ideas come up within the first 30 days, but this could really even be the first 6 months of sobriety, definitely the first 90 days of sobriety, no major changes. What do we say by that? Now, there was an old timers that used to say uh get a sober date uh, you know, they used to say in 12 steps group, get a sponsor and get a job, right? If you didn't have a job and if you had a job, they'd say, keep the job, right? You need a place to show up day to day. No major changes, no major job changes, no major relationship changes, 
no major life changes in your first 30, 60, 90 days, I think is really important. Now, there is a small caveat and cutout, and obviously everyone is different, and I'm not giving medical advice, and everybody has their own individual situation. I'm kind of lumping these into generalities, but generalities fit with a large majority of people. That's why they are generalities, and I've seen this take people out a lot. Now, there are some small caveats. Let me give you this. If you maybe have a living situation where people are drinking and doing drugs, and it puts you in a situation where you really can't say no, now... um, I was in a situation where I had a job where I was a bartender and I couldn't safely be a bartender in early recovery. I had to be honest with myself and not overthink it. I really couldn't do it. So I did it for a week, a couple of days. It was absolutely torture for me. It put me in a horrible position that really risked my sorority. Yes, I had to not do that, right? So there are certain things right? There are relationships. Maybe you're in a relationship with somebody else who also has addiction issues and that person triggers you 24 hours a day. It's not safe. They're pushing alcohol on you. There are family members sometimes that you have to take reprieves from, right? But what I'm saying is no major changes. You don't have to make huge proclamations. Uh, You know, Uncle Louie, I'm never going to see you again because you drink. Like none of that stuff, works well in the first 30, 60, 90 days. I will tell you, many of the times I have worked with people and it has just been in later sobriety, cleaning all of that up when they made huge, major sweeping changes. Now, why do we feel compelled? And you might be listening to this like, yeah, Damon, you don't understand my situation. And I totally get it. I don't understand your situation totally, right? Everybody is unique, but there are these generalities. But I will tell you, a lot of times we feel like, that's it, the job doesn't appreciate me, I wouldn't do this. You're totally safe there. You need a routine. You need a place to go to day and day. You don't need all this other turmoil while you're trying to actually get physical sobriety down. You don't need that in your life. That's just gonna be one more thing against you that's gonna be wearing on you. You don't need that. You don't need to make, you don't need to go into work, you know, know, kick over your desk chair and say, I have a proclamation, uh, I'm an alcoholic and I'm the, n- none of these huge major sweeping things work well. You know, I've had people that I've worked with that have gone into relationships and I, that's it. You know, I'm getting a divorce. I'm breaking up with this person. I'm doing whatever. There's no need to do that probably in your first 30, 30, 60, 90 days. There just isn't. And what, let me tell you what happens. A lot of the times we just have anxiety. Our minds are racing. We're not fully emotionally recovered, but we are starting to get some physical uh, sobriety. And what happens is we have anxiety. We have these feelings of dread. We have all these things that you can experience that are very normal in your first 30, 60, 90 days. Very, very normal. But what happens is we start to latch those feelings on with people, places, and things, right? And we make these decisions based on these feelings that aren't necessarily factual with the attachment of the people, place, and things. And this causes chaos. And the chaos comes and that gives us a little relief, right? Momentarily, it's like pulling off a Band-Aid, but then now we're bleeding to death. Now you're in a place where you don't have income or you don't have housing or you've broken up a long-term relationship that maybe didn't need to be broken up with in that way or like that or at all. 
And now you have additional issues that you have to deal with. No major changes in early recovery if you can really handle that. If you, Unless it's something that's major, and I would say use those relationships, your coach, a sponsor, a therapist, whoever, right? If you're coming out of a detox center or rehab, there are resources there to find out. Run those by your connections. Run those by the people that you trust as a committee. Before I look at this almost like a corporation, they're stockholders, they're shareholders. That that team, that that sober team of people that are around me, I can run things by them. I still do this today, right? Even 30 years in, if I'm feeling emotionally conflicted about something, and I think I know what the right thing to do, but I don't really know the right way to do it, I will go to that. I will go to those connections. I will talk to them and they will give me their point of view. I don't always listen. And sometimes I haven't listened, right? But it allow it gives me that buffer, that pause, right? That I don't get myself in a bad situation. And that might not be drinking. That might just be a bad financial situation by, yep, I'm going to go get that car now. Or, yep, I'm going to go spend money on that. Or, um, I'm not going to pay this. I'm going to do that, right? Just bad decisions. And a lot of people come in with a lot of problems, health problems, relationship problems, financial problems, housing problems, you know, a lot of times, but to be able to string together the day or seven days or 30 days or 50, whatever you got was very, very hard fought. So what you don't want is you don't want all of these major things happening at the same time. Like they always said, you don't want to, you don't want to fight a 10 front uh a 10 front war all at one time. You want to deal with one thing at one time if you can, right? And people are understanding. If you if you're going through something and they need a decision on something and you can say, "Hey, I'm not in a place right now. I'm not in a place right now to be able to make that decision." One of the best things that I was told on in in early recovery uh by a guy named Kevin and every once in a while he listens to these so shout out to you, Kevin. One of the things is, is that I didn't have to make a decision about everything. I could hit the pause unless he, he always told me, unless, you know, hey, do you have a pack of wild dogs against you? Are you about to be arrested? Are you about to like, he would say these doomsday things. And I would say, no, you know, um, then if you, then don't make that decision right now. If you're not in a place that you emotionally feel that you could make the right decision. If you don't know. Put a pause on. Just do the small things. Do what's in front of you, the small things that you can do. And then we'll relook at that a couple of days down the road if we can do that. Do you have to make that decision right now? Many times I was putting self-pressure on myself. I've seen this time and time again with people that I've worked on. Cut yourself a break, man. Like there's so much self-pressure we put on ourselves that we got to make this decision right now. And I get it. A lot of times what happened is, you have maybe not made the best decisions because you were enthralled in addiction. You were entangled in addiction. So you have not made these best decisions. And now that you have some sobriety, you're saying, well, I've got to make these decisions right now. But you don't, you know, you don't, you can't really make rational decisions necessarily. So if you can't, don't, right? Unless you have to, don't. Don't the first 30, 60, 90 days. You don't, if you don't have to, you don't need to. And again, everybody has a different situation, but I've always seen this over and over again. If you break these four things, 
You don't reset every day. You don't have strong connections. You sit and you overthink everything and you make these major life changes. You have a lot to deal with all at one time. And staying sober, physically sober, starts to get pushed back. The anxiety starts to creep in. Bad decisions start to accumulate. And now you're in a position where you're drinking or thinking of drinking or having cravings or, God forbid, pick up. And you don't want to do that. So that's why I want to do this episode Talk about these four things because it's important, guys. And you know what? I have to tell you something. It's not just for people who are new. Sometimes when I found myself, I found myself a couple of months ago in a situation where nothing was working. I used these four things. I used these four things. I was in a place where I had to make a lot of changes. I stopped making changes. I just put a pause on it for a little bit. I let it sift out. I let it filter through. And... What I found, especially with the changes thing, is sometimes by not doing anything, it worked itself out without me. It didn't need me, right? And what happens is we have such anxiety in early recovery. We have such unease that a lot of times we interject ourselves into people, places, and things, and we think we have a bigger role than we actually do. And this causes problems for us. So what I want to tell you guys is I love you. Cut yourself a break. If you found yourself doing any of these and going out, I want to tell you this. You can hit reset when you wake up. You can hit reset right now. Right now, if you're listening to this and you're drinking, you can put down the drink. If you got 15 years and you're listening to this and you're saying, man, I'm not doing these things. I have all the problems that Damon just discussed on this episode. You can reset now. That's the great thing about recovery. You can reset. This is not a perfection game. And no matter where you're at, great thinking and great recovery will meet you where you're at, right? That is a starting place where you're at. And that just admission is, is like, hey, man, I'm not in a good place. I'm not doing these things. I need to do them. Hey, no problem. You can start again. We're so hard on ourselves that everything has to be perfect. I'm going to tell you, my recovery journey has not been perfect. I've made a ton of mistakes, but I didn't pick up. My intention was to stay sober every day, and I ended up getting there every day. And every day is a new thing. Every day is a new journey. I don't have any guarantee that tomorrow when I wake up, I am going to stay sober. But I do know that if I do these things, I do have a, I, I, I do have a really good chance of doing that, right? So I have to have the humility to be able to say, you know what? I don't have it all. I don't I don't I don't have the magic I don't have the magic uh formula for everything, but I do know I have been able to sift out what works, what doesn't work, and I could use that to get my best recovered life. So guys, I hope this has been helpful. I am going to ask you a question. If you've gotten some value out of this, if you've listened to some of the great experts that we've had on the Recovered Leg show, I would really love it if you like, share and follow us. Give us a little review. Uh, give us a little review. If you listen to this on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, give us a little review. It really helps us out. It spreads that recovery message. I love all of you guys. Go out and live your best recovered life. And I'll see you next episode. Sometimes addiction recovery can be a lonely battle, but you don't have to fight it alone. At Recovered Life, we're dedicated to helping you live your best recovered life. And that's why we're inviting you to subscribe 
to our free weekly newsletter. Every week, we carefully curate exclusive content from leading minds in addiction recovery, mental health, and all things important to the recovery lifestyle. Stay in the know with the latest news about addiction and get exclusive invitations to specially recovery-focused events and explore insights tailored to support recovery from alcoholism, drug addiction, codependency, disordered eating, dysfunctional family dynamics, gambling, and so much more. With our newsletter, each week becomes an opportunity for growth, healing, and taking a step closer to the life you deserve. Take your first step towards a brighter future today. Go to recoveredlife.us and subscribe for free. Sign up now at recoveredlife.us.